I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. You're about to watch one of our Hawk Talk video discussions where we talk with data center industry experts about the latest trends and analysis in the market. This Hawk Talk is a little different as we've asked our lead European team member, Dan Scarborough, to talk with Josh Buis, Senior Vice President of Sales in Europe for Vantage Data Centers, to talk about one of their most recent acquisitions. We'd love for you to help us out by hitting that like button or sharing the content across LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks and enjoy the discussion. Focus on cloud location, data center industry trends, the dynamic market. Uh, Dan Scarborough here with Data Center Hawk. I'm very excited today. I'm going to be talking with Josh Buis, um, who's the SVP for Sales and International Business Development for Vantage Data Centers, and we're going to be talking about Vantage and their strategy for the European market. So, Josh. I know hopefully most people here will know Vantage and will more than likely know you, but for our listeners that um, don't know Vantage and don't know you, if you could just give us a brief introduction, that'd be great. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah, Vantage is, uh, is a data center operator. Uh, we're headquartered out of uh, Denver and Santa Clara in, in North America. Um, historically, we have been a North American data center operator with uh, campuses across the United States and Canada. Um, earlier this year in February, we did announce our expansion uh, into Europe, which we're very excited about. And uh, that's my role advantage is to lead that expansion into Europe uh, across campuses, uh, you know, from London uh, all the way to Poland. Yeah, no, I must admit, I've, um, I've read quite a lot about you guys, uh, especially since I've been working with the Data Center Hawk. And um, it's been quite interesting. I was particularly interested in, you know, understanding your strategy in terms of the markets that you've gone into and how you see kind of Europe specifically developing from the short, mid and, and long term? Sure. Great, great question. Um, we like to keep it simple from that standpoint. Um, focusing on our customers and where they want to go is, is, is really what leads our expansion and, and where we develop. Um, you know, watching the markets and, and where the next region could be or where the next, you know, explosive growth is, whether that's Milan or London or Frankfurt, um, we're really focused on, on our customers and where their expansion is. Um, from a, you know, a short-term, medium and long-term uh, expansion standpoint, um, you know, we are not um, just a tier two or a tier one flap market player. We're, we're a pan-European player. So we're very interested and, and, Frankfurt and London, as, as well as markets like um, uh, Milan and, and Poland and Zurich. Cool. So, so I know that you've got developments planned in, in, in uh, Berlin, Milan, Warsaw and Zurich, um, as well as your campus site in, in Frankfurt. Um, you know, have you thought about any of the other locations that you're going to be going to? Is it too early to tell us about those? I know that we've heard plans from hyperscalers developing in other markets, um, you know, like Italy and Spain, that they're, they're on the agenda for you guys, I'm assuming. Right. You know, uh, Italy is definitely on our agenda and, and we plan on developing in that market. Um, but that also includes um, larger markets like London um, or in, in, in the broader UK. Through our acquisition with NGD, we have entered the, the UK market and, uh, and we plan on expanding that. Um, but that doesn't, I believe, negate our interest in, in London. And, and we are active in that market and, and hope to be uh, uh, developing there soon. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that a bit later on, about the strategy for NGD and 
you know, why, you, and not that I've got anything against Wales, you know, I've got a lot of Welsh friends and it's a great place, but it isn't considered to be one of the tier one markets. You know, what's going on with the Welsh market? Right. Um, so if you look at um, the history of the UK, most of the investments have been in London and, and that's where you see a lot of activity. And, 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 you know, we aim to be a part of that activity in London as well. Um, however, there is a finite amount of uh, developable projects that include power in London. So eventually there, you know, we could face uh, a point where the growth is, is, is so much that, that it can't be supported within, you know, the M25 area. So if, if you look out and expand, you can go east, north, and, and west. And, and I think everyone's exploring all those options. Um, obviously, we, we felt very bullish on going uh, west. And, uh, you know, it is an existing, you know, hyperscale uh, region or market um, that has been proven. And, you know, we believe in the growth of that. And, you know, we feel like it's going to be an, an attractive place for the, for the cloud guys to expand their presence within the UK once you start seeing constraints in London. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that one of the, 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 the differences between Europe and North America is kind of the planning and the whole site development process and kind of the speed to market. So I suppose there's two, two questions. You know, how are you dealing with that side of things from a European perspective and, and how is that affecting kind of when your current sites are going to be um, client ready, if you like? Right. Uh, yeah, d development cycles, whether that's permitting or, or construction, um, are different. Um, you know, permitting is, is sometimes a little bit longer in Europe than it is North America, but sometimes we can catch up on the construction side of things. So, um, you know, we, our, our development teams in Europe are, are very experienced and have a long background in, in developing. And we are leveraging a lot of our North American teams from a design standpoint and exporting this um, hyperscale wholesale campus uh, product that, that, you know, we believe is, is very attractive and, and somewhat underserved in Europe. And so that's, that's really our, um, our, our play, I think, is, is to take this North American style multi-data center campus that you see in, in Virginia and, and in California and other markets and bring that to Europe, to whether it's the flat markets or even the tier two markets. Yeah, I suppose that kind of follows on to the, the next thing I was going to ask you is, you know, you, you've, you've got a, a big portfolio in North America. Um, how do you see the kind of different challenges for hyperscalers developing in the European market? And how do they kind of differ from, from North America? Uh, in North America, you, you do see a lot of pressure from the hyperscale cloud operators uh, self-building on their own campuses. And, and, and actually, you see a lot of that in Dublin as well. Um, when you look at some of the market reports, um, you know, Dublin seems to be a little uh, underserved, but it is a massive market because, um, you know, the hyperscalers have self-built in that market. And, and I imagine um, they'd like to expand that into uh, the rest of Europe. Um, however, um, it is a little more challenging, uh, especially for, you know, American-based cloud operators to, to develop in Europe. Um, you know, based on our experience and, and the team we've built, um, I think, you know, we can add value from that standpoint of, you know, the, the, the development cycles, the complexity of construction, the risk associated with it, and, and, and the time to market that we can, we can bring to, to, to our customers. And how do you see the kind of the capacity requirements in Europe versus America? I mean, I'm assuming given kind of GDPR, 
um, and some of the regulation side of things, you're seeing that increasing. But how do you see the two kind of regions on a growth trajectory? So I've, I've been involved in this uh, cloud data center business for eight or nine years. And um, in Europe, I've seen the decimal move over in, in uh, one in terms of megawatt requirements uh, since I first started uh, working in Frankfurt. And uh, so it's, it, it's amazing. And I can say some of these um, co-location or, or lease requirements uh, have equaled and in some cases exceeded what we've seen uh, in the United States. So um, the growth that is happening in Europe is, is amazing. Um, it is um, trending you know, behind what we, we would call Virginia, that market. But you know, if you if you look at Virginia, you're kind of looking at three to five years in the future uh, of what's happening in Europe, and so some of that growth that you saw in Virginia three to five years ago is now happening in Europe, and that's uh, you know very exciting for us. And do you think that's different from a kind of a, a tier one, tier two, tier three market, or do you feel like kind of the tier two and the tier three markets are going to follow the same sort of growth trajectory? So. Um, Dublin, London, and, and Frankfurt definitely are markets that are that are experiencing um, hyperscale growth right now, and that's um, we're seeing that uh, you know across a lot of our customers now. Um, the other markets, the tier two and, and tier three markets, are seeing you know new entrances like uh, Milan. The hyperscalers have announced their their investment and entrance in, into Italy and Poland as well. And, you know, while those are newer and behind and may, may not have as much demand as the others, um, they are new regions. And, and if you compare the number of regions in, in Europe, there are more actually in Europe than there are in the United States. The United States markets, they're smaller regions, but a smaller number, but larger in, 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 in size. Um, and so you, what you're seeing is a bit of a distributed nature in, in Europe um, compared to the United States, where you see a concentration in Virginia and California or, or the West Coast and the East Coast. That's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, having been studying the market now for quite some time, I see some of the European markets quite tight and quite difficult to get into, right? Especially some of the flat markets. So if you take Paris, which, you know, has got the Olympics coming up, Lots of the power is being dedicated to transport infrastructure. You seem to have some of the more established operators there building out a fair amount of capacity. You know, how do you think, how easy do you think it's going to be for Vantage to kind of enter into these busier established markets? <clears throat> um, you know, I can tell you in Frankfurt, we, we are there uh, in, in Offenbach already. And we have expansion plans. We, we, we have uh, plans to expand to a second campus in Frankfurt. Um, and and uh, same thing with London as well. So I, I, I'm, I'm very confident we'll, we'll, we'll get into those markets. Um, the others, which would be Paris and Amsterdam, we have aims to do that. Um, you know, sometimes timing is everything. We want to make sure that um, uh, the situation entering the country, whether it's, you know, regulations or whether it's customer demand or Olympics, we want to make sure that timing is right. But uh, for those markets, the flat markets that we feel are right, we are, we are investing in. And presumably that part could be potentially acquisition or that could be greenfield development, depending on what, what things look like. It, it could be. We always have our eye uh, open for, um, for great opportunities. Um, you know, generally, we've, we've led with uh, greenfield uh, expansion. However, when you know, the opportunity comes up, uh, for example, the, the ethics 
or uh, NGD acquisition, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely take a look at those and move on if they make sense. Yeah, so on the, uh, on the ethics uh, development, you know, my understanding, I don't know their business particularly well, but from what I understand, they had the Offenbacher site, but they had a number of other smaller deployments in different locations um, in kind of more of an edge, edge model. Do you see that kind of being part of the development for the collective group that that, that edge smaller deployments will remain under the ethics business uh, brand or is that going or is that being integrated to a, a vantage edge or what, what does that look like? No, I mean, our, 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 our core competency is definitely the wholesale hyperscale end of it. And um, no, the, the, the edge piece of it is not something that um, we plan on expanding or, or uh, continuing to invest in. So, so just a couple more questions for you. Um, COVID, I don't like to bring it up because it's um, depressing at the best of times. I thought it would be hopefully over by now, but um, with some of the things that are happening over here and over there, it's looking like it could continue for some time. How has that impacted you guys in terms of both from an operational perspective and also from a development, from a speed? I'm assuming it's maybe slowing things down, but the demand is higher. Or what, what sort of impact has, has the, um, the epidemic had on, 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 on you guys? Uh, that's a great question, Dan. And it has been um, fascinating in one, one sense to, to see how it has impacted in our, our industry in so many different ways. Operationally, um, it, you know, it does create challenges because, um, you know, the level of screening um, and, 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 and care we take on protecting our customers and our employees uh, and, and, and our sites, including the, the, the whale site, um, you know, does slow things down a bit um, from a cr construction standpoint, um, you know, investing in um, um, additional screening and, and protective gear. Um, you know, th these are things we have to consider, but I can say it. It, it has not impacted our business um, significantly or, or to the point where, you know, we're noticing much from a construction standpoint, you know, nothing really to report. Um, you know, we have some great teams that have, you know, stepped up to the plate and, um, and kept our construction projects uh, on time. So we're very, very excited about that piece of it, the operational and construction side of it, the site selection an acquisition piece of it has been uh, real interesting. When 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 the um, virus hit and the lockdown happened, um, you know we were stuck here in, in the United States, and obviously our European teams were stuck there. And you know generally we are we're traveling a lot across Europe, looking at sites, um, and and as part of our acquisition. And we, I was initially concerned about how are we going to continue our expansion. And I can tell you that um, we have secured multiple campuses. Uh, since the lockdown in March uh, and up until today. Um, uh, it's actually um, one of our development directors uh, made a comment that we've actually become very efficient. Uh, traveling does take a lot of time uh, out of your day and be able to sit, um, you know, in your office and get a lot of work done has, has allowed us to, to focus and, and actually accelerate um, our acquisition cycle um, across Europe. So we've been able to leverage um, local partners um, local consultants and, and our, obviously our own internal local resources um, to focus on the site selection, site acquisition piece of it. And so that angle of our business has not slowed down. And do you think that the demand has increased from your customers given the, 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 the uh, COVID pandemic and the reliance on, on things like Zoom? Most certainly. 
Um, and I think you can, uh, you can point to public, you know, articles where our customers have said, you know, since the lockdown, things like Microsoft Teams or Zoom, um, you know, the online application uh, demand has, has really driven a lot of growth. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it has been significant. So the final sort of topic that I wanted to cover with you are kind of a bit interlinked. Um, so there's been, uh, from a European perspective, there seems to be quite a lot of, of movement on the legislative front. So um, the German Environment Ministry has recently released its latest study on the sustainability of data centres, and they're proposing a mandatory carbon footprint and an energy pass. And as the German government is heading the European government, there are thoughts that that could be a kind of a pan-European legislation over the next couple of years. You know, what, what, how is that going to affect you guys? Are you kind of anticipating that, prepared for it, already involved in discussions about it? Or what, what's going on from your kind of carbon neutral, sort of low carbon sustainability perspective? <clears throat> Uh, another good question. I, and I would like to say that, um, you know, our customers are actually driving that requirement more so than, than government regulations. And I would say that their standards are even higher. Um, and I could point to recent cloud announcements, um, you know, saying they're going to be diesel free by 2030 and reduce water and actually have a positive water flow from data centers by 2030. These initiatives, um, I think, outweigh and, and, and exceed what the government regulations might be. And, you know, we're very close to our customers and their requirements and their initiatives um, around these areas. And, and we're very happy to support those and, and, and stay in line with those requirements. So is that adjusting the way that you're designing sites? Are you kind of, do you see yourself kind of moving away from diesel generators and into energy storage as your customers demand that? Is that kind of a process that you're going through from a design perspective? Yeah, it, it, it will absolutely have effect on, on design going forward, uh, getting away from diesel um, and making sure that you still support the same level of resiliency um, that, that the diesel backup offered. So it does, it does offer, um, you know, that challenge. And, and, and I think, you know, not only ourselves, but, uh, you know, our competitors are well are, are, as well are looking at you know, how we're going to accommodate for these design changes. But, um, you know, we're, we're excited to be a part of that movement and, and hopefully leading the way uh, across Europe in, in, in those areas. That's interesting. And then following on from that, um, you know, and kind of talking through your um, conversation earlier about how some of the hyperscalers are self-building in places like Dublin and, and maybe Amsterdam as well. We've seen quite a lot of that in Scandinavia because of the kind of renewable power and potentially lower power rates. Have you got any plans for the Scandinavian market at all? Uh, we've always got our eye on it. Um, you know, you did say that, um, you know, power is one piece of it. I think also ease of, um, ease of construction or ease of doing business in the Scandinavian markets does enable um, the self-build um, activities there. Um, we, we, we've got our eyes on, uh, you know, across the markets. I, I think you see some opportunities in, in new and developing markets like the tier two ones where the demand isn't that high yet and we're willing to go in and take a risk and, and, and develop a campus. Um, markets that are at scale, you know, for example, Stockholm, um, maybe a, you know, more of a challenge uh, to get into. However, if those opportunities present themselves, we'd be happy to move forward on them. Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It's really interesting to hear about what you guys are up to in Europe and and we're certainly very excited to follow your progress. I mean, I think what you've done in the last six months has been 
you know, significant. And I'm assuming what's going to happen in the next year or so is probably going to be as significant. So excited to watch this space. Thanks for the time, Dan. Yeah, we're, we're just as excited. Thanks for having me on.